How important is it for you to develop your own coaching style? Are frameworks really important to helping you get clients the results that they desire? Well, in today's episode with Anne Sugar, we're going to be diving into that and more. What I like about Anne is she's got a really strong opinion about these ideas and a lot more. She is a highly regarded executive coach working with high-level leaders, as well as taking her skills into the world of Harvard Business School and MIT. She's a published author. She's got many years of experience, but she started coming out of the advertising world, which has influenced a lot of her opinions about frameworks and having your own style when it comes to coaching. I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Anne Sugar. Welcome to the Up Coach Podcast for modern coaches and creators with your host, Todd Herman. In 20 minutes or less, our goal is to share one big idea that will transform your coaching and your business. So let's get into today's episode. And Sugar, thank you so much for joining us. Before I jump into the um, who you are and who you serve and how you got into this world of coaching. Yes. Um, I was, when I was doing more research on you, you had this, uh, great article for, uh, leaders in, uh, companies and it was all about actually saying no to getting into a management role. Yes. And you talked about, um, straight line versus lattice work, yes. um, path. And I'd love for you to unpack that for everyone listening, because I think it's super relevant no matter what industry that you're in. Um, And it's just a great little mental model for people to wrap their heads around with their careers. Sure. So I think we all think that our careers are going to just go up the mountain like this, right? Mm -hmm. In this straight trajectory. But it's really not the case, right? That we kind of have, it's a little bit of serendipity. And I ask a lot of people that I coach, well, how did you get from here to there? And people say to me, oh, it was just, you know, a conversation I had. I wanted to learn something new. I was um, talking to a friend of mine. Somebody reached out on me on LinkedIn and I wanted to to kind of take this new role, right? So it kind of is a bit circular, right, in terms of how we kind of bob and weave And a lot of um, consultants talk about it from a a lattice perspective, right? That we climb this way, not this way. So I think really, if we really get to the underpinnings of it, it's really about patience and learning, right? Mm. And that we really, it's not just this kind of straight rocket ship up, but how do we allow for the patience and the learning, right? And that's how you become much more of a substantive leader. Yeah. Like, I mean, would you say then that, um, it's important for us to define where we're going and where a lot of people get hung up as, yeah, but how do I do it? Right. And this kind of lattice work model in your mind, when you go, it's not going to be just, okay, I'm going to do this step, then this step, then this step. Um, it kind of, it just reinforces the importance of getting really clear about what it, what it is that you're trying to be moving towards. And then all these other, like you said, the the serendipitous moments or mm-hmm. the conversation here, your brain is sort of guiding you up this, you know, winding path anyway. 
Yes. And I think, so I, I, you know, this comes from my advertising background. I'm not a fan of frameworks, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, yes, we do need to have goals. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have goals and plans around that. But sometimes having those frameworks can kind of hinder us a bit. So how do you just, while I'm not saying just free, you know, just go free fall. Yeah. Yeah. What if, what if you looked at your career without a framework? What would that look like? Mm -hmm. So to speak. And, and so, okay. So if we're going to dig in on that, then, um, when you're saying free form and, you know, frameworks, like, do you look at setting a goal that that's actually a framework? No, not a goal, not your goals in terms of frameworks, but you know how some people have, um, I've created my notebook and every week I'm going to do these three things. And this is my framework. Well, maybe not. What if I did Mm -hmm. something different this week? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Well, and that also maps back to a lot of the research that's been done on creativity when like studying, whether it's Picasso or Da Vinci, or even in the really great book range, when you're talking about, you know, we talk about being very hyper-specific in technical skill sets or something like that, but really the 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 people who make phenomenal breakthroughs are borrowing from very disparate places in order to create and bringing it into. So when you do operate from a specific routine every single day, you know, there is most likely a lot that you're missing out on. Exactly. Completely agree with you. So, okay. So Anne, um, who is it that you would normally work with? And then how did you get into this world of coaching after a really successful career in um, the executive level of uh, corporations? So I work with mostly high potential leaders. So it can be from VP to somebody in the C-suite. I Mm. like variety. Um, I think it really kind of stems from my advertising days, right? Working on a lot of different campaigns. And I like variety of the different levels of leaders because then I can learn, well, what does a VP, what are their issues, right? So that when I coach a CEO, I can talk very cogently about that. So that's kind of, um, I also do keynotes, I do executive training, and I also work at Harvard Business uh, School in their exec ed program. So I coach there as well. So coaching all across the world. Yeah. Um, When uh, the the other great thing about in that sort of band of clientele that you got from, you know, VP up to the the C-suite there you're always seeing the Delta difference in how people are making decisions or their challenges. So when you're up there and that C-suite person saying, well, I don't know how they see that. And you can say, right. well, here's why, you know, like their vantage point is obviously very different as well. Right. I mean, this sounds very cliche, but here, you know, at a certain level, you forget how the quote unquote, the sausage is being made. So mm-hmm. I'm always needing to learn. I'm always yeah. needing to be reminded about yeah how work gets done. Cause I think that's when, when you talk about that too, it's, it's the Delta of I'm, I'm so annoyed because this project isn't getting done. This program isn't getting done. I feel like nobody's working on it. And there's a lot of, you know, we can go all the way down as to why, but a lot yeah. of, we forget how much time mm-hmm. sometimes things take, you know, just so in that work that, like that, yeah. So in that work that you're doing at that level, I'm mm-hmm. always curious um, from your vantage point, 
what are some of the more common topics that come up for you when you're working with C-suite and executive um, uh, VPs? You know, one of the ones is who's my audience and how do I communicate to my audience, right? That I have to flex. And in fact, um, I've been coaching a CEO and he's been having an issue. And and let me get granular about it. The, in mm-hmm. the perspective of sometimes people on his teams think, oh, that was mean. Why, why would he say that? But it's, he's forgetting who his audience is, right? And you're making so many decisions and you're, and you're having so many meetings. You just have to, you know, you think you have to cut through and just, you know, I need to go from meeting to meeting, get everything done. Yeah, yeah. When you just need to take a step back once in a while and think about who's my audience and how do I communicate to them? Mm-hmm. And people push back on me and they say, well, no, 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 no. They need to flex to me, right? But I like to push back. That's not the way things are now. We all have mm-hmm. to flex in terms of how I communicate with you, how I communicate with this person. So um, there's those sorts of things. I think it's too, how do I find a trusted advisor? How do I motivate my teams? Um, how do I deal with conflict on my teams? Yeah. All those sorts of things. Yeah. It, it's so, really a variety, which I like. Of, of course it would be. And <laughs> um, you, you, but you mentioned the word flex. Yes. And I think you're using it in a context that's different than what other people would be using that term. What, what do you mean by the word flex when you're talking about that communication dynamic? Okay. So let me give a very um, kind of tangible example. I'm somebody that just likes to get the work done. I'm very goal oriented, right? But somebody who works for me wants me to ask them how their weekend is. Mm. And I actually don't really care how their weekend is. <laughs> But to mo, I'm being very, I'm being facetious yeah. about. I get but it. for me to motivate them, and f- and f- I need to flex my communication style and actually ask them how their weekend was, and have that conversation, and then that gets me on the same playing field, and my team member is motivated because they feel empowered because I'm, I'm being heard, right? Gotcha. And being motivated from that perspective. So it kind of really gets back to audience. Just even like if you think about advertising, how I communicate to, um, you know, how I serve up my copywriting to Apple computer is very different than how I would sell a car. Yes. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's great. So I would love to dive into then you know, you've been doing this now for decades, I think now. Over 20 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, you probably have many things that are uh, critical to your process of working with people and helping them to get to where they want to go. But in your career, what's one thing that you could share with everybody that has made a really big impact um, on your, whether it's coaching style or your ability to help clients get results? So it... This actually, and it kind of came to, it really came to a head like three years ago. Um, and I'll tell that story in a second. It's really just owning who you are as a coach. Okay. So I'll explain this. How, yeah. What does that mean? Um, you know, 
way back, you know, when I, I, I went through a coaching school, you had to learn how to ask a question. You went through this very linear process. Okay. My brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> My brain goes to the shiny object. And sometimes it might come across as, you know, like kind of swirly, right? And so yeah. I'd always try to live in this linear process of asking a question. So I had this epiphany a couple of years ago. Um, so I, I interview authors um, about their books. And I was interviewing this one woman and she, I know she's very linear. It's an amazing book. But I finally decided, you know what? I'm just going to own how my brain works. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to say to her, we're going to have a conversation. And sometimes I might go over here and sometimes I might go over there. And I, my brain goes to the shiny object. And she kind of laughed about it. But at the end, we had this great conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And now I just really own that with yeah. my clients, right? Hey. It might, I might just ask you this very random question, but we're going to get to the reason why I did. Right. So I think part of it is just as a coach, really just owning your style. And it doesn't matter how everybody else, quote unquote, does it. Just yeah. own it. Yeah. Now, because um, I am a very big believer in. In order for you to start adding creativity to the process, mm -hmm. it's, it's important that you learn to paint by the numbers originally. So you know the structure of something. 100%. Right? And so you sharing that because there's someone listening right now that's just getting into coaching and they're like, oh, well, this is my style. And it's like, well, form yeah. typically happens before style. And, and so as you move through, just recognize that you've built up capabilities and now you can play with them in a different way. Cause you just said something critical at the end there is, and I'm going to, you might not know why I'm doing this, but you're going to find out at the end, you're going to realize at the end, why I asked that question. Yes. So there might've been a bunch of scribbles in between, but there was still an arrow at the very end of that scribbling process. Exactly. Um, yeah. And you know, you raise a really good point, right? Because I didn't really own this kind of, oh, I, I like to ask the shiny object yeah. question until 17 years into my practice. Sure. Right? So, yes, yeah. you yeah. do need to have the mechanics, let's say. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Agreed. Completely agree with you. So, I think um, it's just owning your style, finding yeah. your style and really owning it eventually. I mean, that's very similar to what happened in my career as well. Um, even when I started a podcast back in 2014 and it was, I mean, podcasts, I thought at that time I thought podcasts were like, Oh, there's so many millions of them already. There, actually there wasn't. And you know, I got it into like the top 60 in the world. Really? Um, but my first few interviews was I had a very specific structure mm -hmm. and then, um, and some of those were people that I was interviewing in my first few were people that I, I, I knew them as well. So I had a relationship with them. Um, and they should have been easier, but I wanted to make sure that I got through my entire structure. Yes. And I didn't like, I mean, they actually turned out to be good interviews, but mm -hmm. I didn't like the experience personally. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to show up for this podcast every single week and do this if this <laughs> is what it's going to be like for me. And then, um, I was re-listening to one and I was like, oh, wait, I would have asked that question. And then I would have asked this question. And it was because I was like, oh, wait, Todd, your coaching skill set is what's going to set you apart as a podcast host yes. because 
we're great at asking questions and we're great at asking the question behind the question or the question behind the original answer and, and noticing those things. So I started to do exactly what you just articulated, free forming it way more. Yes. And there was entire blocks of an interview that I wouldn't even get to, but I didn't care that I didn't get to like the origin story part or something like that because the conversation was so engaging. And that's what actually helped to accelerate the podcast. And people would say, I love listening to yours because you ask such interesting questions. And it's because we're coaches. Yes. And I think there are two things that you said that are so important is how do you let things just kind of free form, right? I don't go into a coaching session. Well, I mean a little bit more, but, or if I'm interviewing somebody about their book, I don't, I don't have an agenda and I just kind of let it go. I mean, there are times where certain individuals, when I coach them, I always go in with an agenda in my head. Right. And then other times I don't. Um, And the last thing I would say is I think you bring up a really good point for everybody is learning how to ask a good question. Yeah. Um, no matter what, because I didn't know how to ask a good question when I worked in advertising. I mean, oh my God, if I'd only known, right. I know. <laughs> but, but I'm not a journalist at yeah. all, but I know how to ask a good question. And by no means am I saying I'm great, you know, as, as some journalists are at asking questions, but I do know how to ask a question now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important. And that gets to the other point is listening right? Is, and living in that moment, right? Todd, when you're having a conversation with somebody, just really listening so I can go off and find my shiny object. So. Yeah. So I want to ask you about that listening part. When you're listening, is there anything specific? Because I know what I'm listening for. Is there anything specific that's going through your filters of what you're paying attention for? Ah, so there are, A couple of things, there are three things that I really look for when I'm listening. And the first one is I try really hard not to be formulating my next question or a thought in my head. I try to just like, I try really hard to live in the moment, Mm -hmm. right? And I also try really hard to look at people's body language too. And just because body language never lies. But now I'm going to contradict myself because I kind of, I love that doing that is sometimes I like to say a frown is just a frown. You as a coach, you're looking for these signals, right? You could have a frown. That's just like a millisecond on your client's face. And you think, Oh, I just asked the wrong question or maybe I poked too hard on this, but really sometimes a frown is just a frown when you're listening that that person was just thinking, I forgot to take defrost the, you know, dinner for tonight. Ah, I'm so annoyed. Right. So frown is just a frown. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you bring up something when you're talking about body language, I trained with the, uh, the head of body language and interrogation with the, uh, FBI. And so so we were both speaking out of it. This is like 2002, I think it was. And I was coming in talking about like mental game stuff at this event. And he was talking about body language. And we just connected kind of backstage and he's like, when do you, when does your flight leave? And this was a, this was a Friday. And I said, oh, I leave tonight. And he's like, would you want to stick around this weekend? I'll teach you stuff. And I'd like to hear some stuff from you. So we spent Saturday and Sunday together. Oh, and I mean, so cool. talk about, you know, falling ass backwards into luck. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. So um, the guy's name is Joe Navarro. And um, 
oh, he, yeah. he had a lot of like books on tape with uh, Nightingale Conant uh, Corporation back in the day. So um, the best thing that I learned from Joe about body language was there is nothing about body language that's actually a definitive. Sometimes a frown is just a frown. Yeah. To your point, to your point. Because like when someone says, oh, if someone's looking up and to the left, that means they're acti activating their creative brain and they're actually telling a story. He said, so when I'm interrogating, if I'm interrogating someone and, and they would do something like that, or mm -hmm. they're like, you know, wiping their brow or, or, or whatever the mannerism is, some people, that's just a mannerism that they have. Yeah. Right. And so you got to investigate that. So what he would do is he would log that in his mind, mm -hmm. that question, this anomaly happened. They, you know, went up and to the left, they brushed their, um, uh, or they were rubbing their eyebrow or something. Yeah. So he said, I'll return and I'll ask the same question in a different way to see if it elicits the exact same response. Oh, that's brilliant. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And so all these years since 2002, when I've been watching like, you know, NBC and they're doing the evaluation of Donald Trump's or Joe Biden's or Hillary yeah. Clinton's or someone's, you know, performance at a debate. And there's a body language expert there that's saying, oh, here it means that it, that person was lying. And I'm like, that person does not know body language then. Because mm -hmm. there's nothing that is definitive, um, right. you know, and then there has been some guests and they said, well, there's something that's, you know, it's interesting that's happening there. And now that person is adding nuance to it. I'm like, okay, well, that person is, is very smart with it. So, right. but you're right. The point about all that, and I'm happy you brought it up is I really encourage coaches to dig into body language training um, because you're a hundred percent right. There's so many cues there that, you know other people are leaning in or leaning away or, um, yes. and you can, and then you can ask that follow-up question because you're staying in the moment to your point. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, this is great. Uh, as always, we try to keep these nice and short and sweet for people, um, to leave them wanting more. And, uh, I know I could talk to you for a lot longer about oh. just the career and the world that you kind of live in with, uh, your clients. So, Anne, where can people go to learn more about you and your world? I know you have a book as well. So, sure. Oh, so you can reach me at annsugar.com. Um, I also have a monthly e uh, newsletter that goes out. Um, I also write for Harvard Business Review and Forbes. So, you do. And you've got some great, you've got some really great articles on HBR, by the oh, way. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. You're, very, you're a very good writer. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. So, annsugar.com. Great yes. last name. There's so much branding as a as a marketing woman. <laughs> you can do so much with that with that last name. Congratulations. <laughs> um, well, it's it's a pleasure. I'm I'm so happy we got to connect for this Absolutely. and uh, appreciate all your thoughts and wisdom um, over the course of your very long career in this space too. Oh, thank you so much. It was great right. talking to you, Todd. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Up Coach Podcast with your host Todd Herman. I hope you got a lot of value from today's episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. You get notified when we drop our next episode every week. Just type in the Up Coach podcast in the search and click the subscribe button on your favorite listening platform and a review, a little star rating, wouldn't hurt. And finally, all the show notes, tips, links shared, and the transcript is over at upcoach.com slash podcast, where you can also get your free trial for our modern transformation platform, specifically built for coaches and creators that care. Now that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time. And of course, keep on coaching.